I'm Corey Francois. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to New York. The Devil's Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano. What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your day to check this episode out. We do greatly, greatly appreciate it. We always have exciting topics, great content, and a lot of great guests. And this week, we have another special guest. This episode will be coming out on Monday, December 28, 2020. So it will be the last episode of the Devil State of Mind podcast in the year 2020. Season two has already gotten underway. This doesn't mean that season two is ending. It just means that this is the last episode you will hear in the year 2020. And because of that, I thought that I would do an episode on New Jersey Devils New Year's resolutions. So I came up with, or actually I collaborated on a list of five players that myself and our very special guest today decided to use with the players about a New Year's resolution and what they want, what we both want to see from these players this upcoming season. And that special guest is somebody who's actually been on before but now he has joined the New Jersey Devils media world. He actually is the host of Talking Ice NJD on YouTube. It's going to be a great YouTube channel talking about all things New Jersey Devils. And it felt like a perfect time to bring him on once again. So it was great to have on a good friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, Sean Harrington, once again to the Devil's State of Mind podcast. He helped me collaborate on this list of the five players for the New Year's resolution. So this should be a lot of fun. So as I always say, before we start any single episode, let's drop the puck with this great interview of the New Year's resolution list for your New Jersey Devils featuring Sean Harrington. All right, Devils fans. I hope you guys are ready for another special guest. That's right. I'm continuing to get on some great guests. This person actually has been on the podcast before, but 
he's things have uh, things have definitely changed since the last time we spoke, and uh, he has he has decided to join the New Jersey Devils uh, fan media, I guess, or just media in general, if you want to call it. But it is a pleasure to have on somebody like I mentioned before, who's been on the podcast before, a good friend of mine, Sean Harrington, the host of Talking Ice NJD, which is a YouTube channel you can subscribe to. I think he's almost there. He's had. He's got a couple subscribers already. He's got a couple new ones, which is good. Uh, he's posted already two videos uh, talking about Mackenzie Blackwood re-signing with the Devils, which, you know, thank God that happened. And then Dawson Mercer also signing his entry-level contract. So let's welcome on Sean Harrington. Sean, welcome back to the Devils State of Mind podcast. How are you doing today? Neil, it's always a pleasure. Um, I'm doing good. Hope you had a great Christmas. Um, mm -hmm. Hope everyone out there also had a great Christmas and holidays and Kwanzaa and stuff like that. But uh, it's great to be back. I love the pod. I always listen to it. Every day it comes out. It's always finished. So Appreciate honored it. to be here. Well, we are honored to have you on. And again, thank you very much. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family and to everybody listening out here. This is the New Year's Eve, I guess, edition. Since we're only doing one episode this week, it'll be coming out this upcoming Monday, so you guys are probably listening to this as early as the 28th of December. So this will be the last episode of 2020, but it's not the last episode of season two, obviously. So we're, And again, once we get into the new year, we'll have new episodes coming out once again every Monday and Thursday. So you'll get double the, double the uh, content, especially with the fact that a lot has happened since the last time I spoke to you lovely people on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Obviously, as most of you already know, the NHL is officially back. We finally did get confirmation with that. Things can change. We always know that. But at the same time, we do have some definitive information. January 13th, not surprising for, you know, beginning of the NHL season. And also, training camp for the seven teams who did not make the 2014 playoff, including our New Jersey Devils, they will begin training camp this upcoming week. I believe Wednesday, actually, the 30th, yeah. they said that they're going to be starting. So I saw, that, I saw that Nico Hishier, Zaka, Miles Wood, and I forgot who else. Butcher. All, and Butcher. They were Butcher. all hanging out at, I think, Miles Wood's house. I think um, it's Butcher's house because I think I recognize his dog. His dog it's is, like, really white. Two, but the, the, but the, uh, the boys met up, and uh, they're back here in New Jersey. Uh, the only one that we're not certain about yet, and I heard from Tom Fitzgerald talking to Pierre LeBron on his podcast, was that most likely Jesper Bratt will not be starting the year, on, you know, starting training camp with the team because of logistical reasons. And also, I believe they're trying to get the contract extension or the new contract for Jesper Bratt finalized. So I would imagine in the next couple of days we have that. But, you know, like we mentioned before, uh, Sean Mackenzie Blackwood getting a three-year deal worth $8.4 million, which is a bona fide steal by Tom Fitzgerald. And also he was able to get Dawson Mercer to sign a three-year entry-level deal, which is kind of surprising considering the fact that I thought, you know, someone like Alexander Holtz would get his, but maybe they'll, maybe that'll be later on in the year, depending on. Actually, I believe Alexander Holtz already played today. I believe Sweden did play. Not sure it how. Did. He... They steamrolled. They steamrolled. I think Czech. I think yeah, it was like Czech. It was, it was like seven to one. And uh, if my memory is correctly, there is a Devils prospect on the Czech team. Yarmir Pitlick. Yarmir he had an assist. Right. Which so was good. all good and, on the one goal they had. Yeah. And I'm hoping that Holtz uh, did something. I know people were going off about Lucas Raymond. Apparently, he had a 
really good game for Team Sweden. Um, talking about USA, could have could have done better last night against Russia, but hopefully later on tonight, I forgot who they play at the top of my head, they, they should hopefully bounce back. Um, and I'd like to see Patrick Moynihan doing a couple things. But mm-hmm. that's... But that's besides the point. But obviously, Sean, we have a lot here uh, that has happened. Um, We'll talk about a little bit. But the main thing that we have you on here today is we are going to be doing what I call a New Jersey Devils New Year's resolution. Since basically the season will start in the year 2021, I thought it would be nice to talk about five players that we feel, you know, need to have a good New Year's resolution and how they can, you know, achieve it. I think that's a that's the thing. So, you know, obviously you guys saw the naughty and nice list last week. A couple of the players that I mentioned will be also on this list. So don't, don't be surprised, but uh, we have, it's great. It's great. This, there's a lot, you know, finally we have a lot to talk about and especially about the season starting. That's going to be a lot of fun and so many different things. And I'm just excited to, uh, to have on a good friend of mine to, uh, to talk about all these things. So as I always say, before I start every, you know, talking point, as I always say, let's drop the puck. So we'll kind of quickly recap some of the things that I just mentioned. Um, so obviously, Mackenzie Blackwood signing a three-year, $8.4 million. I don't know. Would they, was it an extension or was it just a regular contract? Regular contract. Regular contract. He, was an, he was an RFA. Right. So he was... I got to tell, tell you, Sean, I don't know how Tom Fitzgerald just continues to amaze with everything that he does. And it's just like, you look at 8.4 is a tremendous deal. And I said to myself, you know what? When I saw the Penguins goaltender, Tristan Jari, get his contract, I said, I bet you that that's gotta be, that's gotta be similar to what Tom Fitzgerald wants to do with Mackenzie Blackwood. And I think Blackwood, you know, it seemed like from everything we heard, he wasn't really worried about not getting a good contract. I think it was just a matter of when was it going to be the right time to do it? And, you know, when were they going to get it done basically? And I think, and that's, it's great that they did it before training camp. It gives devil's fans and the organization a little bit of a sigh of relief. Still got to work on Jesper Bratt, but I think that will come relatively soon. And also for those of you that don't know with this contract, even when it's over, Mackenzie Blackwood will still be a restricted free agent. Oh, I thought he oh. was done with his RFA. No, after he, this. he has more. He has more RFA uh, title oh, after this three years, so he that's continues. Beautiful. It is that's beautiful. Awesome. It's just wonderful. So, Sean, real quick, your thoughts on this entire contract and this whole situation? Well, I think that it's. Perfect. It's fair for both sides. The Devils get their franchise goaltender, the most underrated young goalie in the entire league. And it's fair for Mackenzie Blackwood. He gets a solid pay raise, much deserved, like I mentioned in my video. And uh, he also gets a raise every year. So I think the contract breakdown is something like 1.4 or 1.8 the first year, 2.8 the second year, and something around right. a little more than four Right. Uh, his his third year, which is well deserved, he's played out of his mind yeah. uh, on multiple nights. Even before John Hines got fired, and when Naz came in, he was standing on his head every night. So, right. props to him, props to the organization dropping that little present uh, right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Um, now let's get Jesper Bratt done, and we're all set to go. Absolutely, and again, I think with Jesper Bratt, it's just going to be probably within the next week. I think. You're going to see something similar to what happened with Miles Wood when he was an RFA a few years ago, where they basically signed him in the middle 
of the training camp. They basically gave him a new contract. So yeah. I think they'll see that. Um, you know, but then you have to worry about quarantine and right. uh, the visa because he's in Sweden right now. It's a little bit difficult. Yeah. What I was thinking, I, maybe somebody else is more informed than I am. Why didn't he just come over here, quarantine, and then try and work on a contract? I think it has more to do with that Jesper Brett wanted to continue to do his workout regimen. And also, again, we have to remember – before the last couple of days, we still didn't have any clear definitive understanding as to when the season was going to start. We just didn't know. So right. it's just one of those situations where, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you just look at it and say, yeah, it would have made sense for Brad to do that. But what if he came over here and you and I are talking today and we still don't have an answer. And it's like, well, now Brad can't really go anywhere where it's safe, where he can practice unless he goes to the, to the practice arena, which I'm sure the devils would allow him to do so. It's just in Sweden, the rules are a little bit more open because they've done a little bit better of a job of, of controlling the, the virus a, you know, a little bit. And I think that's one of the things. Also, again, he's talking, you know, remember, it's agent, it's agent and, you know, GM. It's not necessarily the player that's heavily involved. So, again, that's another yeah. aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I was just, I just thought since like we found out that the NHL is coming back January 13th, like a little less than a week ago, like Nico had already packed, everybody had already packed from Europe. So I was just like, I thought it would just be a little easier if he's just here quarantine. And, but I guess since he wants to do his workout in Sweden and continue training, I, I understand. And we also have to remember that Tom Fitzgerald, and again, if you guys didn't listen to um, Fitzgerald talking with Pierre Lebron on their podcast this past week, um, and he actually did announce on the podcast, on that podcast, which actually was recorded a few days prior to us getting the notice that, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood did sign a new uh, contract. He did say that one of the difficult things with Brat is also the travel accommodations and also getting the visa situation um, and a couple of things like that. It's just some particulars that might take a little bit more time. So that's why they haven't been able to get that done. But again, Brett, I think, will most likely be with the Devils once the season actually starts and he'll be ready to go. I don't think there's any question. I mean, we're, we're watching him. You know, I've seen a lot of videos from one of his coaches, his skating coach or his hockey coach, and we're seeing him, and he looks faster than he's ever looked before. Like this, he looks like he is ready to have a breakout season the way that he looks. Now, again, Wider ice, you know, where he practices compared to where he's playing, you know, where he's actually going to be playing. But at the same time, it's still a positive sight to see nonetheless. Right. Um, it's, it's very good that he's skating at least. Um, but, and he's doing, he's doing individual drills. So he's just going to miss the team portion of like training camp and stuff like that. But I think once his contract is settled and his quarantining and visas, yeah all that's taken care of, he's probably just going to join the team right away and be ready to go. Like, he would probably have to learn the new system from Lindy Ruff, but Lindy Ruff, yep. I can't really imagine that's too much of a problem. No, I don't think it will. I think it'll be, you know, relatively simple. Excuse me. And I think if, you know, look, if it takes him a little bit longer to get acquainted with everything, that's okay. Like, we'll start him on the second or third line and just slowly bring him along. Uh, I think it just depends on the situation and what Ruff wants to do. Now, let's shift to the other news that we got, and that was obviously Dawson Mercer getting his, he's signing his entry-level contract, which was obviously a huge, huge thing. Kind of a surprise, actually, to be honest with you, because 
you would have thought with the 2020 first round picks that the Devils made, Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, and uh, Shakir Muhammad-Dalene, you look at Alexander Holtz, and I would have thought that um, that he would have been the first one to get to get signed, but it ended up being Dawson Mercer. And one thing that we should mention about Mercer is this, is that he can go back to playing in juniors after the World Junior Championships, and then next year he would be eligible to then play in the AHL if that ends up being the case. So I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they wanted to get it done. But nonetheless, you know, the Devils were considered to get one of the steals of the first round, considering that Mercer fell to where he fell, um, you know, to New Jersey. And, you know, now it's just you look at his situation, you look at how well he's done in camp and from what I've heard so far playing for Team Canada, it's a it's an exciting time. And I'm glad that Fitzgerald is making these moves and getting things finalized and kind of, you know, getting getting, you know, the fan base to really look at it and say, wow, Fitzgerald really means business. Yeah. And just something I was thinking about, I, I posted a quick reaction video after I got out of work, whatever. And then I was kind of just I thinking about it. it. Yeah. I was kind of just thinking about it and just realized that means they expect Dawson Mercer to be playing in the organization within the next year or two that. So it kind of being that he signed his entry level deal, it kind of gives you a timeline of what the devils are thinking for Mercer. Like, yeah. He might play, he's probably going to play in Binghamton next year at Great. definitely at some point, especially with what's going on in the queue. Like n- nobody knows what's going nobody on. Knows. Nobody knows. Exactly. So they probably just want him to get some hockey going. Mm-hmm. And it's very beneficial that he's playing for team Canada. And now that Kirby doc has a completely broken wrist. Uh, whoever saw the picture of that that's just terrible that's, it looked so innocently when he got hit it didn't look I like it was anything major and all of a sudden he just dropped his glove and his hand just kind of like dropped uh, to the, it was just like oh he really messed it up yeah. and like and again i'm not trying to say that jack hughes would have been able to avoid that type of thing because it is part of hockey you can get injured mm-hmm. but i think devil's fans should now feel kind of relieved that jack hughes isn't playing for Team USA and can kind of, you know, you know, he just doesn't get hurt. And again, you know, Jack Hughes could get hurt, you know, knock on wood. He could get hurt the first game of the season and be done for the year. I mean, that's just, that's just how it can be. But again, I think Jack Hughes still made the right decision because of considering the, the, all the factors. Absolutely. And it's like, like you said earlier, hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course we see Kirby doc and an NHL regular for the Blackhawks get hurt in an exhibition game. And we could be like, Oh, that could have been Jack Hughes. Well, I mean, he made the, the right decision anyway, and it's paying off. Yeah. And I understand why people say like, Oh, you should have let Jack Hughes go to, you know, world juniors. And it's like, well, here's the thing. Jack Hughes won't learn very much from playing against kids. He's been playing against this entire life kids his age you learn a lot better by going and playing against people older than you and they're more physical and look better straight up better right and we have a very recent example of this we we did draft nico Hishier two years prior to jack hughes and again the knock on nico after his first year was oh he needs to get bigger he needs to toughen up a little bit for the nhl game and so what does he do he doesn't go over and play in the world junior championships he, come, he stays in New Jersey. He works on his game. And, you know, now he can deal with that stuff. He can bang the body run. Jack Hughes wants to do the same thing. And, again, here's another thing. The Devils didn't deny Jack Hughes of going 
to the World Junior Championships. They offered it to him. They said, do you want to go? And he said, no, I don't want to go. And another thing also is this, ladies and gentlemen, the World Junior Championships are still going to be going on after training camp starts. And Jack Hughes would have to come from Western Canada, come back to New Jersey, quarantine for two weeks, and he'll miss a boatload of games right away. And I don't think Jack Hughes wanted to do that. I think he wanted to stay with the team. You have a new coaching staff. You have a bunch of new players. You got to build chemistry right from the get-go. You're playing in arguably the toughest division of, of the four in the NHL this season. It's going to be a very, very, you know, interesting and very big development year for Jack Hughes. And he wants to be ready right away. Yeah, exactly. And just the chemistry alone, like you have to learn the new coach's system. You have to get acquainted with a lot of the teammates. Granted, there's going to be a lot of people from last year, uh, not really any changes except for like defense, but no one really changed in the forward group except some guys just left. But yeah, I think either way, Jack Hughes made the right decision playing in the NHL starting the season with the Devils, learn how to become an NHLer. Because, I mean, he, it's in world competitions and stuff like that, the world championships, and eventually maybe the, even the Olympics, he's Olympic. going to, like, play against these guys anyway. So, right. And like you said, he's played against these guys all of his life. Yeah. And he's played in the World Juniors before, granted the United States didn't really succeed like they wanted to, but – he knows he's played in the championship before the world champ, world junior championship. So there's no reason for him to play it again. Right. He's been there and done that. And he's not interested in doing that. He wants to, he wants to play hockey at the highest level. Oh, sorry. Quick update. Dawson Mercer scored for Canada. Oh, so we did. Well, there you go. So we got some breaking round of applause for Dawson. There we go. May gets a new man gets his contract. And then he shorthanded shorthanded goal. There you go. So, Look, and guys, again, Dawson Mercer is a very talented player, very talented centerman who could also be flanked on the wing if that's what we want to do. And again, going back to kind of wrap this little portion up with Dawson Mercer, look, the NHL expanded their rosters going into the season. There is nothing saying that down the road, I'm not saying that this is likely, but I'm throwing it as a possibility, maybe the Devils give Dawson Mercer a chance late in the season to maybe play. It had done it before. I've seen the Devils do this before. Where they Zaka. Yeah, the Zaka. I saw Miles Wood do it a couple of years ago. You know, Steven Santini did it with. They did it with a bunch of th- Nathan Bastian, Sini. Mm-hmm. Um, They've done it with a bunch of guys. So, again, that should, you know, and it'll all depend on what the Devil's season is going to be like and how we're going to do it and, and all that stuff. And, by the way, the schedule was also announced. Not surprisingly, the Devils are going to be doing – well, basically every team in the NHL is going to be doing – what we call a baseball type of schedule where you're playing two, three, and obviously sometimes four games in a row against the same team. As we know, mid April, we play the Rangers four Four times times in a row. row. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wonder if uh, Lindy Ruff will be having an opener for the last game of the, of that, um, Four game series against the Rangers. We'll, we'll see. Pun. Love it. We'll see. I know it was, it was it was lame. I was talking about it earlier in the car with my parents, and they and they they were like, "Yeah, that was pretty lame." So nah, I, I thought it was funny. I got it right away. I thought that was really funny. If you're a baseball, if you don't know baseball, or like you don't watch it, you're not going to get what I just said. But if you do, you know, kudos to you. But again, a lot of exciting things. And speaking of Jack Hughes, it is time. And we jump into our Devil's Top 5 New Year's Resolution 
um, list, as we call it. And we're going to start with Jack Hughes because whether we want to admit it or not as Devils fans, Jack Hughes had what we would consider somewhat of a disappointing rookie year. I mean, there is no question about it. Sure, obviously, you know, rookies don't always jump out at you and they do amazing things right away. But we thought that we, we'd see a little bit more, you know, ability from Jack Hughes this, this past year. And, and it didn't happen. And again, you look at all the factors. Lost his head coach. GM got fired. Star player got traded. And you didn't even finish your first season. Technically speaking, Jack Hughes going into the season is still a rookie. He has to play. I don't think he's played enough games to not to still to be considered a second year player. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. I think he might have. I'm not sure what the rules are. I, I think... know in baseball, it's something like 70 games. I think it's like you got to play 70 games and you're no yeah. longer. And, and, and I think for a goalie, it's like 20 starts or something. Right. right. So technically, or like games. Mackenzie Blackwood. Mackenzie Blackwood is start this he year. was yes. No, this past season he was still technically a rookie. Yes. That's why people said, "Oh, he could win the Calder." And it's like he, he was like the... fifth in Calder, he which is not Calder. that bad. No, it was a very good start. But talking about Jack Hughes, I'll start by saying my New Year's resolution for Jack Hughes is to just show progression, and that could mean a multitude of different things: shooting the puck more, um, you know, working on his playmaking ability, be more aggressive in the offensive zone. Don't be afraid to call your own number. Things like that. You know, do what you're capable of doing. Just go out and play the hockey you're capable of playing. So that would be my New Year's resolution for Jack Hughes, just to, you know, show progression from year one to year two. Yeah, and I kind of set, like, my own goals. Like, yes, I want him to definitely show progression, but I want him to, like, show it on the score sheet. Like, Obviously, a 56-game season, he's not going to have 20 goals and, like, 60 points. I mean, he could, but that's I don't think that's really realistic. I think if he can score at a 15- to 20-goal pace in an 82-game season, I think that's pretty pretty respectable for a guy who's just, like, 5'11", 180 pounds, because how much more, how much weight did he really – put on over the 10 month off season that's a good point that he was severely thin he was he was smaller than I was for Christ's sake like this guy was tiny as heck and I I'm not a big guy to begin with like I went to a meet and greet with him and I mean he was an inch taller than me but he was so thin and he's playing against guys who are 6'1 6'2 100 uh, 220 pounds ish so I think the skill set is definitely there. It's right. for sure there. Right. But if he could show progression and score more, because he has a wicked shot. We've seen it against Arizona, that goal from, uh, I think it was from Hall. And the shot versus Vancouver, his first NHL goal. His first NHL goal is a prime example of that. Exactly. And specifically one against Florida later in the year. I know he hit a bunch of posts and stuff against Florida. The one Florida. against Chicago was really good as well. The one against the Correct. Blackhawks was really good. Yeah. Right from the slot. He's got a deadly shot. So if he could, maybe maybe Lindy Ruff says, hey, we're going to put you in the on the point with uh, Severson or Butcher or something, and we're going to put you at the point right where OV likes to sit, right. and we're going to have you take shots, wristers, one tees all yep. day long. And I think that would be beneficial. But, yeah. again, I just want to see him start to show 
on the score sheet. Like, obviously, we've anyone who's watched the Devils game and have seen Jack Hughes play consistently knows he he's one of the most skilled players the Devils have ever had. So we just need it to translate to the score sheet, and I think hopefully that will. I, I agree 100%. Uh, Jack Hughes is one of those guys that has a nose for the goals. I like to say he really loves to shoot the puck. That's his strongest asset. And if he can build his body to take the punishment that the NHL can give you, and he can just, you know, he can throw his body around and, and he's fine. And, you know, to work on his skill set even more, he can become a dynamic player. And that's exactly what we're hoping for. Look, obviously we would have loved to get a guy like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews that just immediately comes on the stage and starts, you know, you know, kicking absolute butt all over the ice. You're not going to get that every time. I've, you know, I've made this argument before. Mike Madonna was not a once-in-a-generational talent when he was drafted by the Minnesota North Stars. It took him two, three years before he really got going. And if that's, if that's what we're going to compare, like if we're going to use Mike Madonna's progression to Jack Hughes, it, we're going to be fine. Devils fans are going to be okay with that because by the time the team is relevant, that's, you know, that's, you know we're going to be fine. That, that's the way I look at it. So Jack Hughes, if he can just be more aggressive, you know, put the puck on the net, be put in a good position, which I think Lindy Ruff will do. I think he'll, he'll teach and he'll coach Jack Hughes like he coached, you know, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. I think that will go a long way. So our, our New Year's resolutions for Jack Hughes are fairly similar. I mean, they kind of go off of each other. And so I think that should be a surprise. The next guy that we have is somebody that, you know, I think some of you guys might be a little bit surprised about. But the reason that we have him on the list is not because we're criticizing him or anything like that. It's just that we feel that this is a year where he really has to take that next major step in becoming a really, really, really talented NHL player. And that's Nico Hishier. Now, I've said this before. If Nico's developed correctly, he could become very much like a Patrice Bergeron, a Selkie Trophy winner, a guy who is a tremendous, you know, person, you know, not only on face-offs, but just setting up guys and being an all-around great hockey player. The biggest thing for me that I want to see from Nico this season for his New Year's resolution, leadership, both on and off the ice. I think at this point with him being 21 years old, 22 almost, I think that now he's played in the NHL for a couple of years. He understands that this is basically his team now. You know, Taylor Hall's not here. Taylor Hall's not going to be here. He is the main guy. He is the guy that everybody expects to be the captain at some point, you know, in the next couple of years. I want to see him be one of the bigger voices in the locker room for a lot of the younger players and just the whole group as well. And I think if he can do that, I think it goes a long way for a very young team going into 2021. Yeah, I agree. I didn't, I completely forgot about the leadership acts side of, um, of Nico that people were debating, Oh, he could be the next captain. I think for Nico to have a good season, like we're, he's still pretty young. So he's still, still developing. I mean, he signed, he signed a massive extension, well-deserved, hopefully in the near future, but I want to see him also start to translate in points. Like he had f- 54 points his rookie year with playing on a line with Hall and Palmieri. And that's fantastic for Nico as an 18 year old rookie to come into the league. And that's what he does. But yeah, but he's kind of dropped off the last few years and yeah. whether you want to make the, make an excuse. Oh, it was John Hines system kills everybody. Um, Lindy Ruff is going to play that run and gun style of hockey where it's like 
offense, offense, offense. Right. So I want to see Nico have a 60-point pace in an 82-game season, and I think that's, I think that's totally reasonable. Yeah. I don't think that's too out of the ordinary, and maybe – it's weird, maybe because we don't really know what the lines are going to look like. He's he might play with Palmieri, might play with Gusev, and we don't know who's going to fill that one left right. wing one. Mm-hmm. So, I want to see Nico start to drive his own line a little bit, kind of be the guy that they they the other team has to shut down. Right, he can't be a complimentary player all of his devil's career. We need Nico to be a guy, to be a one C and somebody who I like to compare him to. And I like to look at based on history is Sean Couturier. Hmm. Sean Couturier is a a fantastic center for the Philadelphia Flyers. I hate to admit it because they're the Flyers, (laughs) right? but Sean Couturier took a while to become what he is. I, I'm pretty sure he came in the league 14 or 15 2012 even or even later yeah even even later Mm -hmm. and it took him till now to be a finalist for the selkie so should have won it actually in my opinion exactly it's arguably he should have won it so i won it but i think it should have it should have been kateria i want to say it was kopitar or something it's probably someone like you might be right it might be kopitar but again it's the same three players every year Bergeron, kopitar and and maybe someone else it's usually but those two guys are usually the ones that are always in the staples for the finalists right Mm -hmm. so that's what i want to see in the coming years and i it's perfectly fine for Nico to take four to five years in his development because he's already in his fourth year. That's crazy to say. Nico is his four, going into his fourth NHL season. Amazing. So if by year five or six he starts to be re- like elite, that's fantastic. And this contract is paying off. We're, Ray did a great job with his contract extension because we're paying him now a lot of money. It, it's a lot of money now because up front, he, right? Up front, and he doesn't have the 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 record of being a point producer. But at the end of this contract, it's going to be a steal, right? And he's being paid. Here's the thing: the other thing is that Nico is being paid for the player that the Devils want him to become. That's why he's getting as much money as he is right now because they know how vital it is for the next two, three years for his development. And again, I've said this before. Between the ages of 25 and 32, 33 is when I consider it to be your prime. And so if you look at it from that angle, Nico's not even there yet. He's got another two years or so before he reaches that point. So it's okay. And again, with the Devils being you know, officially in a rebuild, it's okay for Nico to develop the way everyone else develops. There's no pressure for him to be in that spot and to worry about having to be the savior. There's nothing, you know... We have so many players on this team that can complement him. But again, you made a good point, Sean. He has to know he can no longer be a complementary piece to some other big player. He had Taylor Hall, and that's and he's gone. He doesn't have that. He has Kyle Palmieri, but how much longer is Palms going to be on this team? This might be his last season. We have no idea. But Nico has to decide to take the bull by the horns and say, this is my team. I have to lead by example, and I have to go out there – and improve. And that's what I think Nico's going to do this season. And I think that we both agree that we would like to see him progress in other areas, but certainly on the point sheet. And we know that his point total is not going to look that great. And it's going to look like he's continuing to regress. But again, 56 game season, 
if he can get, I don't know, 30 points, I don't know if that's a reach in a 56-game season, 30 points, 35 points, I think that's pretty legit. I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen, Alexander Ovechkin is a great player, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, a guy who averages almost 50 goals a season. He's not getting 50 goals in 56 games. It's not going to happen. I just, I can't see it. I don't, you know, look, and he could shut me up, but I just, I just he probably will get to 35, honestly. He'll probably get to 35 and that'll be it. But again, this is what I'm talking about. So for Nico, it's just about, you got to, you know, the leadership aspect is great, but if he can improve his point total and, be, and take that next step with Lindy Ruff being there, you know, producing more by putting the puck in the back of the net, that'll be great. Also for me, little side note, Working on his face-off ability, I would like to see it improve. I know that, you know, Travis Ajak is one of the top, and you guys are not going to believe me when I tell you this, but Travis Ajak is actually one of the top five uh, face-off percentage uh, guys in the NHL over the last five, six, seven years. He actually was, has one of the highest face-off win percentages. I didn't believe it when I saw it, but apparently that's the case. So hopefully those guys can uh, learn from him. I also think he's about – I think he's about – seven games away from like 700 or like 800 no, a thousand or a thousand excuse he's me he's nine games away from a thousand so, games and all with the new jersey devils which all is kind of a devils. i don't even think marty played a thousand games with the nah uh, i don't he's think played, so. i mean he won no, goalies go, go yeah goalies usually don't play a thousand games i think i think marty got somewhere in the 900 range I'm gonna uh, say. that would make sense but yeah goalies usually because they don't play every game but if you look at say jack and also that just shows you how durable he is like he mm-hmm. I, i've always thought about say jack and say you know what this man like usually is playing every single game like he mm-hmm. doesn't miss a game he's there was one hurt. year there was one year where he got injured training and then he had to miss the start of the season but other than that, that was that was the cup year i think right. that was the finals year that was- um I think that was, yeah. But, yeah, Zajac has been very consistent. He's been a warrior. And Great again, penalty killer, face-off. And a good leader. A good yeah. leader in the locker room. And yeah. I think that if, if the Devils wanted to make a captain and, like, just go with a veteran guy, I would have gone with Travis Zajac to just kind of just be like, hey, you know what? He's been here. He's the only dude left from the 2012 team. He's the only guy left. He's the Nobody, longest tenured player. I mean, if you want to say Marty technically, but he's not playing. Marty's just in the, in the yeah. Uh-huh. But, again, it's – it, it is what it is. But, you know, again, with Nico, you know, I think that I think he's going to have a good season regardless of what happens. I, I do expect it. But, again, as Devils fans, our expectations are a little bit higher than probably other people. Nonetheless. But let's move on to our third guy. And I want to start with a young defenseman. There is an almost guarantee at this point that this guy is going to make the roster. Barring some crazy I don't understand move, maybe he comes out of the gate slow. And that's Ty Smith. Look. The expectation at this point is that this dude has to make the team. There is not, like, at this point, if he doesn't make it, I don't know what they're going to do. And, again, no AHL season, at least not that I think of, or they're starting late. I don't they know. talked about starting in February, but there's they're starting nothing, in February. nothing and with the, guaranteed. And with the rosters expanding, where you're going to have three or four uh, taxi squad guys. Taxi squad, think, yeah. I think it's four or five. Ty Smith is going to make this team whether he makes the starting lineup or not. Like, yeah. he's going to make this team. So, for Ty Smith. I'm going to make it really simple. Make it really simple. 15 points. That's it. I'm going to make it really simple. If he can get 15 points, and I don't care if it's all goals or all assists, really don't care. 
15 goals, no assists. Oh, 15 goals, no assists. Defenseman, rookie defenseman. Here's the thing. If he got 15 goals in a a 56-game season, he wins the Norris Trophy by a long shot. (laughs) I don't think anybody else is touching. The only guy I can see reaching 15 goals maybe is probably Roman Yossi. That's probably the only guy. And that's a guy, that's a guy, ladies and gentlemen, that should win a Norris Trophy within the next two or three years. Because that guy is a stud. Top two defenseman. He is he's a two-way defenseman, and that is the thing that makes you scary. And Ty Smith can be like that. I mean, he proved the last two years he's the best player in junior hockey. He proved mm-hmm. as a defenseman, nonetheless. Yeah. So the time is now. The time is now. He's never he never had to play with John Hines. Thank the Lord. He never had to do that. He's got a whole this is his first, technically his first coaching staff he's ever worked with. And they know the expectation is going to be high for him. Yeah. So for him, 15 points. And you know what? If he can, let me, let me, if his plus minus is a, is a plus, if it's a positive, not a negative, that's also a victory in my opinion. So those are my two, you know, New Year's resolutions, which I don't think is very unreasonable. Right. I have less about stats and more about showing that he can be a competent defenseman. I think if I, my goal is for him to be at least top 10 in caller voting. And if a little bit of a reach is a five top five, because look what he did with John Klingberg, Lindy Ruff, look what Lindy Ruff did with John Klingberg. John Klingberg was all rookie team in 2014, I believe. And he was, mm-hmm. he was top 10 in Calder voting. I mean, I, I think Ekblad won it just cause he was first overall. Probably. But um, I want to see Ty Smith look like he belongs, right? Yeah. He's been shunned of being on the devils for two years now. He's absolutely obliterated the WHL to no nobody's business. He had, eight points in one game last year as a defenseman as, as a, a defenseman, defenseman ladies and gentlemen right and now he gets his opportunity with a legit coaching staff to prove that he is probably the devil's top prospect yeah. i mean now you can make the case it's holtz but before we had everybody has high regards for ty smith and it's really a shame because his rookie year he probably he could have made it i think it's a little bit of a stretch to give an 18 year old defenseman play him in the NHL. I think that was the right decision, but he coming into the next training camp, he was like, Oh, I'm just, I'm going to make the devils. Like it's no problem. Had a bad camp. And then he had a bad start to Spokane. It wasn't until the world junior championships where he actually turned it around and Mm -hmm. probably lit a fire under his butt and let's, let's go. And that's where he's turning on. He hasn't turned back six and he just has to prove it that he can do it in camp. And I think he will. I mean, they gave him a legit number, so he's going to make the team. What's his number? 24. 24. So they they gave him a Salvador. Salvador. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I think he was 24 in Spokane, but. um, Do we have a 12 right now? I don't think so. I don't. Is Merkley 12? Merkley is 12. Yes, you're right. Merkley is 12. Is Merkley 12? I think. Or 50-something. <laughs> He's one of the two. I thought Merkley Oh, wait, was... no. He was 39. Oh, he's 39. 39. What the hell am I talking about? Is... But... Oh, that's another guy. 50s. That's another guy that I think could make the, the Devils out of camp. 
um, considering how well he played overseas. Yeah, um, I think Merkley could be a taxi squad. If he doesn't make the team, he'll be a taxi squad because yeah, there's no a there's no AHL for the foreseeable future. Right, and I look, think it, it's it's the, and you know they're going to keep some guys overseas, and that's the big thing. But um, but again, with with Ty Smith, man, it's it's you know people are dying to see him play in the NHL, and I think now is the time for him to do it. But again, it's not just going to be given to him; he has to prove it. If he doesn't make the team. Then it must mean – and remember, no preseason games. Just mind you of that. If he doesn't make the team out of camp, that must mean that he regressed, which you hate saying that. But, look, defensemen are like pitchers in baseball. Again, I'm using another baseball reference. But they're like they're, – you know, it takes them a lot longer to develop into the great player that they end up becoming. You know, Mariano Rivera was not a great pitcher when the Yankees brought him over. He wasn't a great pitcher. He started as a starter – wasn't very good. Then he became a relief guy, a setup guy to John Wetland in the mid-90s, and then eventually became the dominant closer. It took him time. It took him a few years to become really good. Ty Smith, you know, they wanted to make sure that he is fully confident and ready to go. And we all knew that this kid was special when his first training camp, the team flies overseas and is playing in Sweden, I believe, at the time. They were playing in a preseason game, and he was the last person to be cut. And I remember the NHL Network was following the Devils uh, that training camp year. And I remember John Hines and Ray Shiro were talking to Ty Smith and saying to him, look, you, you know, you could have easily made this team. And this was a really difficult decision because you're 18 years old and we don't want to throw too much at you right away. We need you to go down back to juniors and continue the season. And he's, he's proven for the last two years, he's like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take that next step. Let's get it going. Let's get it on. And I think – Devils fans want to see it. I think they're, I think they're, you know, excited to see him play. Obviously not in person, but still they're going to do that. And, you know, I don't think he'll be on the top, probably not the top four. I think they'll start him early on, maybe third line pairing. I think they'll, you know, look, we don't have, um, we don't have Mueller anymore. So, and I know Sean, Sean is, God. A, is one of the least uh, supporters of Mirko Mueller I've ever met. Um, but nonetheless, I think that you'll probably see, you know, Ryan Murray and PK, Ryan Murray and probably Damon Severson first pairing, I'm going to guess, or maybe PK. I would say PK probably. PK, PK is a 1D. And then you have I mean, as Damon, bad as he played, he right. was he's a 1 defense. And you have Severson and probably Butcher, I'm going to guess. Ugh. You know, I, I don't know, maybe I don't Kulikov. Like that. I don't maybe, like that, but whatever. It's maybe Kulikov. I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, yeah, and then you got Carrick in there somewhere. Not Carrick. to mention Riley Walsh well, somewhere Riley in there Walsh, too. See, this is an interesting thing. I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna think about maybe doing a pairing of Walsh and uh, Ty Smith as a third line pairing defensive core, which could be a disaster since they neither one of them has played a game in the NHL. Uh, that could be a that could be a real big disaster. I don't think they would give them that. Both of them, I don't think they would give them. I that think they'll both make the team. I think it's like one of them's going to be practice squad. I mean, not practice squad. Uh, taxi squad. Practice squad. I can say practice squad like it's football. No. I know, and, but like, see, the thing with Smith and Walsh is they play very similar games. They're not. I I mean, I haven't watched too much of either of their games, but I don't think Riley Walsh is that great defensively. He's more of like power play 
offense and that's really yeah. what his game he's probably he's probably pretty decent uh defensively but I, if i yeah. do remember i don't think he was on the top pair at harvard last year he was on the second pair i believe exactly and i think he was I a think, captain was he not i think he was a captain of that team if he wasn't a captain he was probably some kind of leader uh probably an assistant captain or something yeah. like that but i think if i do remember hearing this i might be wrong i probably am I think a freshman was on the top pairing ahead of him. I don't know who that freshman is, but I don't know who that freshman is either. I think I, I thought I heard about that somewhere, yeah. but, um, and Ty Smith is nothing but offense. Right. I mean, he probably plays also pretty similar defensive game, but, but his main thing is offense, his main focal point in offense. Right. And I don't think they're exactly. going to put two guys who probably like to carry the puck into their own, into the offensive zone. I don't think they're going to do that. I think what they might do is I think Kulikov is a left. Kulikov is a left. Unfortunately, I know this because I saw him score against the Devils on opening night <sighs> last year. So I know they're live. Um, That's why I thought yeah. it was funny when the Devils signed him. I said, wait a minute, isn't that the dude? And I go, oh, you got to be. He destroyed the him? Devils in one year. Like he's the one that re- He's the one that started this whole crap. He's the Chris Kunins to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, there you go. Basically, I mean. <laughs> I like Kulikov. I mean, Kulikov is a solid defenseman. And, I mean, we're hurting he'll, the Winnipeg Jets a lot. Yeah, he'll be a good – he'll be a decent, solid defense. Uh, set, six deal, or oh, seven. It's, like it's not a break, you know. Right, a, it's a just break. for depth. Yeah, same thing with Ryan Murray. It's the same thing. Well, I think Ryan Murray was here to un- – Sort of like Mueller when we got Mueller. Hopefully he doesn't turn out the same. Injury concerns never really lived up to Your his potential. Your have to be pretty low if you're, if you're hoping that he's not Mueller. I mean, they have well, to I, I just, it has to be an absolute disaster if you turn out to be what Mirko Mueller turned out to be. I don't think that's the case. I don't No, like, it's Ryan not. Murray, I don't think remember, it is the case. Ryan Murray, like, only, what, three or four years ago or five? He was, was a top five pick, wasn't he? Was a top five pick. They keep saying. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, mm-hmm. he's a really good top pairing defenseman, and that's that's right. like, and he stepped up in the bubble for Columbus. Exactly he stepped up, so it's well, like let's give him an we're opportunity. B- we're here. banking on potential here, and especially with that's the, okay. Yeah, that's not bad, especially well, for this out, team. We're paying him nothing. If it exactly. works out, we're paying him nothing. And we got him for nothing. And we got I don't even remember what we got a fifth round it was pick, a fourth or fifth, oh, something. Okay. Like that. okay. But, yeah, I mean, it worked out. So, you know, Ty Smith, would I say that there's high expectations? Sort of. I mean, yeah. again, people just want to see what he can do in the NHL. Right. And I think that's going to be the thing. But, again, hopefully things improve. So, so far, we're, that was the third. That was third. That was third. So, we did Jack Hughes, Nico Gishier, and Ty Smith. Now, sticking with the defense, Here's another guy, and I put him on the naughty list on the previous episode, and you guys probably know where I'm going with this, but that's P.K. Subban. 19 points last season. I think it was 19. Um, I don't even know. I said I told you guys, and you can look it up. P.K. Subban has never had a year where he had 20 or fewer points. Matter of fact, he's never had a season where he had 30 or fewer points. So this was by far his worst season of his career. You can say it's because of age. I don't really think that's the case. I think if you use P.K. Subban properly, a.k.a. you don't make him have major defensive minutes, you make him an offensive defenseman, almost like a fourth forward, basically, it works out. I think with Lindy Ruff, being the offensive-minded type of guy, 
He's going to have P.K. Subban be pushed up in the play, and I think he's going to benefit from it. But New Year's resolution, um, I guess over 20 points, maybe. I mean, I get – I don't know how – I don't know what the point equivalent would be for, you know – yeah, you would have to do the math. It's like games. 82 and... I guess number. I would... Yeah, I, if weird. you want to go simpler, just don't look like a tire fire, I, I guess. I mean... In I'm simplest not terms. To, I'm not trying to be mean. It's more about... No, like, I mean, if we're being realistic here, he was pretty bad. He was awful. not... Completely awful. And it again, it doesn't... This is the year PK proves... it. He demonstrates to everyone if last year was a fluke or if he's aging. If he's aging, that's worst case scenario because we have this guy for another year. And, and I don't and, think and remember they may leave him exposed in the Seattle draft as well. And they might take they him might... to just get to the cap floor. And so... they might take him for promotional reasons as well. Exactly, because he's a hot name. He's honestly he's one of my favorite defensemen on on the Canadians. But um, I think for PK to really have a New Year's resolution, I think it's focus more on the defensive side because we have. I think we have enough offense from the def- the defense where we don't really need PK to take on that offensive responsibility. We have three or four guys at least who can run a power play and provide yeah. some offense to some degree, especially with the coaching staff. And let's not forget, PK Subban was on the 2014 Olympic team who was a coach on that Olympic team, Lindy Ruff, and they won gold. So, Lindy Ruff could probably know how to utilize PK in the way that he's going to succeed. And he's still got Naz there, work on his defensive game. But I think for PK, have a positive plus minus, right? You mentioned that. You mentioned that for Ty Smith. And I think that's a reasonable goal for PK. Just put yourself in situations where you can defend, use the body, because PK is a very physical defenseman. He's got a big booming shot at times. But we want to leave that leave the offense in the rear seat and focus more on the defense. Because if PK can show flashes of what he was as a number one defenseman, yeah. we're set. Cause then right. we have a very good pairing in Murray and Subban. And that's what we need. Yeah. And that's look, why we, that's why we traded for him. We expected right, exactly. him to be a number one defenseman and, right. and hopefully look, he becomes that. And look, here's the other thing. We're not expecting P.K. Subban to all of a sudden become the Norse Trophy defenseman that we saw a couple years ago. Absolutely. We understand that age also could be a factor here. We just want him to show that he's improving and that last year was somewhat of a fluke and he's not really, you know, deteriorating while being paid $9 million a year. Like, that's just not like – we can't afford that. We can't afford for him to be a number one defenseman when he's not producing the way he needs to produce. And also – Here's another thing. I think he needs to become one of the biggest leaders on this team in the locker room and also on the ice. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I think he can. I think he is. He I has think that personality. People flock to him. I know. I, I love PK's personality. I think that's arguably one of the best things about him. And I think more NHLers need to become what PK is to grow the game. I agree. But I think he's already a leader. Uh, more one of the more respected guys in the room. He's played the longest. He is one of the most longest playoff experience, NHL experience. Crawford's there. Zajac's there. Mm-hmm. So PK just needs to 
be that for the defense. And I think if he takes the young guys under his wing, shows them how it's done, shows Ty Smith, the fellow Canadian, how to do it in the NHL, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I think that, I think that PK will improve. Like I don't have any negative like attitude that I think he's going to just be terrible. I think that he has a lot to prove. He has a chip on his shoulder, just like the rest of the team does, especially the guys that were here last year. And, you know, again, we're playing in the toughest division in, in the entire NHL this season with the amount of teams we're playing. There's only one other team in this division that didn't make the playoffs, and that was Buffalo. Oh, and by the way, Buffalo just added Taylor Hall to compliment Jack Eichel, which is oh, going to be. did? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I know. Uh, I thought he wanted to go to a winner, but I guess not. Anyway, um, you know, look, again, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But this year for PK, just just go back to being PK to an extent. Just like that's, you know, I think that, yeah. that's, that's not hard to necessarily ask for here. No, and we don't need Norris PK. That, I mean, granted. I mean, Nashville that, PK. Yeah, beginning like from, of Nashville. Like from two years ago or yes. like 2017. Correct. We don't need Norris PK. We would like Norris PK, but that's not He's really that realistic. Yeah. But if we just get some degree of PK, definitely bounce back more positive. I think PK will be fine. And yeah. it's and not again, the end of the world. Devils, like several other teams, have been, haven't played in nearly a year. And they're itching to get going. They're mm-hmm. itching to get going. They want to get going. And they have a lot to prove. And you know what? In a 56-game season, it's not a marathon, ladies and gentlemen. It's a sprint to the finish line. Yep. And if you're not ready to go right away, you could be left in the dust. And so if the Devils can get out to a good start, which usually they end up doing, not last year, but usually they – if you've been watching Devils hockey the last couple of years, not including last season, they usually win like their first four, five, six games, and they look like mm-hmm. world beaters. That kind of start could benefit them right away. And that could put them in a spot to – make a run at a playoff spot. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. As a matter of fact, I don't think they will. But at the same time, I think that if they could just go out and just be like, we have to prove that we're a better team and we're, we're progressing, and they're doing things like scoring a lot more and correcting some of the mistakes that they've made, I think that that's what you got to see. And that's what I hope from PK, because I think PK knows, because he's not stupid and he's heard the reports all the time. People are talking about, if he doesn't do well this year, the Devils are going to move, move on from him. And we don't know exactly if this was a Ray Shiro move or if, you know, Harris and David Blitzer wanted PK. Like, we, we don't know, and it doesn't matter at this point. The bottom line is simply this. They have to – everybody has to improve. Everybody does. Nobody is nobody – is, you know, we don't have a Crosby. We don't have a McDavid. We don't have an Ovechkin that, regardless of the rest of the team, they're going to be balling out. We don't have that. We need everybody to improve so that the entire team becomes a better team. And PK is definitely one of those guys. And, and I expect it. And if he can get, you know, the funny thing is that if he gets 20, 25 points, will that be a little bit of an improvement? Yeah, but when you compare it to the fact that he's only played 56 games, it's good. If he could be really good on the power play and penalty kill in particular, I'd say keep him after this year. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, and I mean, even if he has another bad season, there's no reason to buy him out. He's one year left, nine million dollars. The Devils don't need this. Or you just the, put they, him up. You just give him. A, if, if Seattle wants to take him, let him. Right. Take him. 
hopefully like it's person. hopefully it's another Merrill situation where they just we expose someone we don't really want and they take them. Um, but yeah, Merrill is still. Oh wait, no, Merrill now is he's Detroit. on Detroit. God damn, that's weird. Whatever. Vegas didn't want him. Yeah, well, Merrill is another Mueller. He was the original. He was a better Mueller. Mueller. He was a better. I'm sorry. Uh, I think I better. Think better, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah. Uh, More girls liked him, I guess. So that was positive. Yeah, he looked like an absolute caveman when he went to Vegas. He grew a mustache. He had long yeah, hair. He, he doesn't look like the uh, 18-year-old defenseman that we saw. Uh, he was actually, if I'm gonna be honest, he was pretty good looking. But. Yeah. Yeah. His play was not good looking. Yeah, that's fair. Sadly. That's fair. But that's all I care PK. about. I mean, well, PK kind of grew out the afro and the, the afro, yeah. The afro, bit. I hope he keeps. He, I kind of like that look for him. I don't mind it. He's yeah, like the I, dad of the group. He, like, I feel like he's now the dad of the team with that afro. Like, it's all of a sudden he's, he's like he's the old the, man. He's the old man, right. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, PK. Let, let's get it cracking, man. Let, let, hopefully he gets in the mix. You know, he says that all the time. Let, let's hope he gets, he gets in the mix. I mean, in the mix. Right. So we'll, we'll go with that. But now we'll go to our last guy on the list. And it's actually more than one person. We kind of decided we're going to put these two guys together and talk about with a resolution for both of these guys. And that's the goaltending of Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Crawford. And for the first time since, I want to say – probably 2017 the devils have a legit one two tandem i mean i know that's probably saying much with keith kincaid and and uh cory schneider but again cory crawford is an experienced stanley cup winning very solid goaltender and the fact that he gets to come here and play less games and doesn't have to stand on his head you know for a team that was in decline i think will be a good thing for him by the way, if you haven't seen his goalie mask that he already has for the Devils this year, please go see it because it's absolutely beautiful. Fire. Beautiful. Oh, and speaking of goalies, Scott Wedgwood, yes, we did bring mm-hmm. back Scott Wedgwood. He brought out his new pads, and they look pretty awesome. Sharp. I think, by the way, since, uh, since every team in the NHL will have to bring three goaltenders, I fully expect Wedgwood to be that third guy. Makes I just, sense. I just think that that will be most likely the case. Um, but talking about the goaltending, my New Year's resolution is this. I would say, um, geez, this is kind of tough because, like, my expectations are a little weird. But I guess I'll kind of go off of what you were saying before off camera is that top what, what top 10 in Jennings, I guess? Jennings placement, you know, yeah. I think that's if, you know, pretty if reasonable. If Blackwood decides to, to become a Vesna Trophy finalist, that's cool. That, I that. mean – that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but well, you never he, know. Actually, here's something. If Blackwood could actually go more than like two days without playing, that's a positive for mm-hmm. me. Because that was just the issue. It just seemed like Blackwood could never get a rest because the Devils just didn't tr- – they didn't trust Corey because he kept getting hurt and was, you know, continued to aggress. Gilgitsen is too young. That was – Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was Especially fun. That, that was fun game. while it lasted. Especially that yeah. second Buffalo game. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed every single. The right-handed goalie. Never get enough of it. You know, the only good right-handed goaltender I ever remember was a guy I interviewed here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast a couple, you know, like six months ago was Jonas Hillett. I mean, yeah. that, was, that was the last one I remember. Um, but yeah, just you know, look, 
if the defense can improve, then the goaltending's going to improve. Exactly. So that's the and way I look at it. Just minimizing chances from the defensive zone is going to make the goaltending look even better. I mean, sure. um, signing Corey Crawford was the, arguably the best move this offseason because it's all about preserving Blackwood. We, want, we don't want to burn out Blackwood. You don't want him to the, die. Let's just right. play that way. We don't, want, we, don't to, want him, we don't want him to play. We don't want him to be a workhorse. And by signing Corey Crawford, who's an experienced guy, he's, he knows he's on the back nine of his career. He knows what he's going into. He knows this is Blackwood's team in a few years. And he's just here to, to gain experience and teach the young guys, you know? And like I said, that experience is so crucial because – if Blackwood's in a funk for whatever reason, Crawford can help him get out of it. And Crawford will start three, four games in a row, let Blackwood figure it out, and yeah. vice versa. If either guy is in a slump, we know we have another guy at our disposal. So yeah. it's great to have the depth at goal. And I think – I don't think it's unreasonable to say that this team's going to finish top ten in Vesna trophies – um, I know that's team combined goals against average. Right. Yes. Um, team combined. Yeah, yeah. The tandem's goal against average combined. Yes. Correct. So you can even throw Wedgwood in the in the mix there if you want to. If either of those guys get hurt, I, God I forbid. Think there's a possibility, on considering you know that we're going to have situations where we're playing two, three, and obviously, like we mentioned before, four games in a row against one team. Mm-hmm. But there could be a possibility that Wedgwood could see two or three four or five games this season if yeah. they just want to go with somebody else. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, Wedgwood, Wedgwood really does not. Back, like, there's nothing wrong with Scott Wedgwood. He was never yeah. bad with the Devils. It's just that when he came and he played with the Devils, they were still trying to figure out who was going to be the guy to take over for Marty. And they couldn't. And with Wedgwood, I think that they just felt like that what he was giving them was about as far as they could get with him. Mm-hmm. And that's why they moved him. Right. So that's the way I look at it. But again, Wedgwood's Wedgwood's good for what he is. He's never going to be like he's going to be a fringe AHL starter, and that's, and that's all okay. you. That's <laughs> not bad. Fine. Yes, it's fine. It's and just like, and Wedgwood's a Stanley Cup champion now, so it makes technically it yes, yes. We have two Stanley Cup champion goaltenders to back up Blackwood. I think we're okay. I think we're doing pretty well. And here's another thing about Corey Crawford. The last time we had a shortened NHL season, which was the lockout of 2013, you know who won the Stanley Cup that year? The Blackhawks. Who was the goaltender? Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Crawford knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and he knows why he's here. And he he said it when he was being interviewed by the media after he signed with the Devils, that he was incredibly honored that the Devils were so aggressive right away with him. Once he got released... The Devils immediately called him and said, like, we want you here. We want you to be a devil. We want you to be here. And here's another thing, guys. He signed a two-year contract. If for whatever reason the Devils don't want to keep Corey after this year, they can also expose him to the Seattle expansion draft. There are just these possibilities left and right. So let's not look at it and say, is Corey Crawford going to be, you know, a guy that plays 30, 40 games? Here's the thing. If we could go where Blackwood's playing maybe 50, 55% percent of the time, and Blackwood, I mean, excuse me, Corey Crawford is playing 30, 40 games or like 30-something, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that because yeah. guess what? 
finally the devil's defenseman and the team in general could just look at it and say, we have two legit number one goaltenders as our tandem. We're good. We can, we can win with either one of these guys. Yeah. I, I mean, think- I, I would, sorry, sorry no, to cut ahead, you off ahead. there. I would want to see Blackwood play more than Crawford, obviously. I think course, if, if, if they see if they split it 55-45, I'm perfectly okay with that. If we're winning hockey games doing it that way. Nobody's going to start complaining. Exactly. Perfectly said. Then we don't have Marty, and Marty used to play 60 games a year, okay? Or more. 70. Played, he was a true workhorse, and that's we, where the league is not going. We don't have that, and that's not where the league is going. Look where, look at the Stars. Look at the Bruins. I'm, I mentioned it in um, the video with Blackwood signing yeah. how these guys have tandem goaltenders, and that's what Washington was trying right. to do when they signed Lundqvist. Right. They had Samsonov and Lundqvist going to split the don't. time. And now they don't have luck, unfortunately. Yeah, which, very, very which, by unfortunate. By the way, that, that news is just awful. Like, when he put yeah. out that letter, I thought for a second, I said, don't tell me that he has COVID. Do not. And it's even worse. It's worse than that. It is he has a heart condition, and it's just like. It might be wow. the end of his career. That might be. Right, exactly. And that might be the end of his career. And I, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to, what they're going to do with the goaltending situation now. I mean, Samsonov is clearly going to be the number one. There is no question. It's going to now be about who's going to back him up. And I don't even know be honest with you exactly maybe they should have tried to hold on to Holtby I mean I don't know just he was gonna want too much he was gonna leave anyway right but we'll see but again look with all these guys that we said and trust me we could have done even more than these five players like we could have done a new year's resolution for every single player on this team there is no question including the coaching staff and general manager Tom Fitzgerald we could have done it with everybody we just said that these five guys what was that Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. All right. So we're saying with these five guys, they're the ones that we really want to see. You know, these six guys, actually, are the guys that we want to see really, really jump ahead. One guy that I'll just throw out there really quick is Nikita Gusev. I put him on the nice list because this guy is, without a doubt, the most talented player, all-around talented player I have seen in quite some time with the Devils. He's tremendous what he's he's able to do. And let's – what what do you call Nikita Gusev? The him, legendary the, name. Oh, I call him the Russian rifle. The That's Russian rifle. We have the Russian rocket. That was Pavel Bure. And I went off and I said, well, why don't we call him the Russian rifle? Because this dude has a shot. Yeah. He Underrated. It's not, a, it's not a slap shot. It's a wrist shot that is deadly. You put him in the right spot. You look at, look at where the devils put him on the power play. Right in Ovechkin's wheelhouse. He's standing right there like, just give me the puck and I'm firing and, and I'm scoring. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. And the, I think the Devils players call him like the magician, I believe. I yeah. think that's one of his nicknames. And uh-huh. that's like, he's an incredible player. And now, and, and now, you know, he has a year under his belt and coming back with the Devils. This is going to be an interesting year with him and I'm excited to see him play. Another game break for Team Canada. Mercer scored again. Wow, that's two goals for newly it's, signed New Jersey Devil prospect Dawson Mercer. It is five to one Canada against Were Germany. Germany. They, Germany. Oh, so I guess Stutzel is not having a great game. No. Sorry, Shane. I hate to burst your bubble, the Senzauer podcast. I hate to burst your bubble, but it sounds like Stutzel's not having a good game. But that's that's okay. That's yeah. okay. He's still gonna be a great player in the Correct. He's still going to be a phenomenal He's going to be a stud. And he's wearing stud 88, soul. which automatically makes him a really good player. Anybody yeah. who wears a number from, like, 70 to, like, 
90, 99, obviously. 98, because you can't wear 99. Right, right. You know it's probably going to be good. So when Jack Hughes decided to wear 86, it was like, yep, we already know he's going to do well. Like yep. Nikita Gusev, he says, I'm wearing 97. Like, how can you not, like, want to expect that this guy's going to be a stud? But mm-hmm. all in all, Sean, to kind of wrap things up, there's a lot of um, optimism I would say a lot of mm-hmm. excitement with this being a completely random season, 56 games, uh, new coaching staff, new players, you know, different expectations. But nonetheless, I think that we're going to have some growing pains. We're going to watch some games. We're going to get really frustrated with watching this team. But I think at the end of the day, if this team can progress in many different forms and really show that they're taking that next step, I think we're going to be satisfied nonetheless. Yeah, I agree. Just like a couple things to wrap up. There's a lot of good question marks with this team. That's what we want. We want, what are the young guys going to do? What is the new coaching staff going to do? How is the goaltending going to be? The defense, all of it. Great question marks. I would rather have these kind of question marks than, oh, what's going to happen this season as regards to this guy who's on the decline, you know? I would rather have a lot of, like you mentioned, optimism good question marks to make this team worth watching like we have so many forward spots to fill and a lot of young forwards to fill them we're gonna see a lot of good hockey and just um gosh I had a thought I did this last (laughs) podcast we were on I had a thought and I completely forgot it it's all good it's just running gun um but yeah like that that's what we ultimately want to see. Hopefully this is one of the last few years of the rebuild and that's all you can ask for and hope maybe we can fight for a playoff spot. Maybe. I mean, and look again, folks, the expectations this year compared to last year is, is different. We don't have the worrisome thing about like trying to convince Taylor Hall to stay or all these big name pieces that we got. The reality is, is that we're a young team many inexperienced guys, guys that need to improve. We have a new coaching staff. We have a new general manager. We have a lot of new things that need to happen, and it's not going to happen, and it's not going to be great right away. But I, if you just stick the course and just understand that the future really is bright, that's what you're going to look at. And a lot of people outside of the Devils organization, analysts, other people, you can go on social media, and they'll tell you, yeah, the Devils are going in the right direction. They have the pieces that can become great. We have a legitimate, you know, young franchise defenseman. We have a legitimate young scoring threat in Alexander Holtz and other young guys like that. Just got to stick the course and understand that these guys know what they're doing and it's going to get better. I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. And that's all you want to see. You want to see progression. You want to, we want to be able to watch these games, not be right. out of it by February. Right. Or any, you know, like, look, obviously, no. we don't want to see the Devils get a three or four goal lead and blow. We don't want to see that either. We just, we want to, you know, hopefully we get a couple of games like that early on in the season where we're up by several goals and we kind of exercise the demons and just be like, okay, we have a three goal lead. Let's just hold on to it. I don't care like where we are in the game. Let's just hold on to it, win the game, we're done. That's what it's got to be. And with no fans in the stands and it just being straight up hockey like we saw in the bubble a couple months ago. It's fair game for everybody. There's, there's no home ice advantage, ladies and gentlemen. There is no advantage to any team. At the end of the day, it's just going to be regular hockey and guys going out there and trying to play 100%. That's what you're going to see at the end of the day. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up for, for this great interview. And, Sean, again, thank you so much 
for coming on. But before we let you go, as I do with all my guests, talk to the folks at home here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, where they can find you, the, the videos that you're posting, and everything like that. Yep. So I just started a brand new YouTube channel. Mentioned a couple of times already. It's Talking Ice NJD on YouTube. Uh, got a couple of videos coming out, a couple of ideas, predictions. Uh, I have a video I have to edit coming in the next few days. Hopefully it's going to be posted soon. Um, so talking ice NJD on YouTube and my personal accounts on Twitter and Instagram S Harrington 2000 and I mean, uh, my Twitter is particularly yelling at the Jets, Devils, and Yankees, especially the Jets. We won't get into that. Um, yeah, but follow me wherever, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, and on YouTube, especially YouTube. I'm trying to get the YouTube channel going, going all in on this. So uh, any support is good support is what I like well, to say. One thing's for sure, the Devil's State of Mind supports you and, and all Devil's media 100%. And we look forward to all the new videos that you're going to be posting. And uh, it's an exciting time. And we'll definitely, you know, have you on again to talk, you know, down the road, especially once the season gets underway. And But again, Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. We really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Neil. It's always a pleasure to a good friend of mine. Of course, man, you got it. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. You'll see the Devil's logo, and you can click on that. You can also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday, and we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind, and you will find it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Devil State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up, as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils. And also in the bio of all of those social medias, we have a link to the Devil State of Mind website where there. You can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you want to listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all those. Again, it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents on YouTube, where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports.
You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, just go check that book out. It, it chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. But if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Bell Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!